0: Every time they went up to see Nanny and Karetu for a long weekend, they did something new and interesting. This time they were going to a high hill called Ho, where the wind blew in all directions, and they were going to fly kites. And after that, they were going to see some giant trees. It was Mum who showed them how to make old-fashioned kites, the sort that Ngāti Manu people used to make in the olden days, way, way back before Captain Cook came to New Zealand. And it wasn't just kids who made kites then, mum told them. It was artists. How come you know so much, mum? Jason asked. You're not even Ngāti Manu. Mum laughed. Well, I went to a Ngāti Parker library, Jason, and I took out a Ngāti Parker encyclopaedia and I read all about it. Hmm, said Jason. I'm still going to check it out with Uncle Maney. He's definitely Ngāti Manu. "'And Nanny?' said Danielle. "'I bet she used to make kites in the olden days.' Jason and Uncle Maney worked on a kite together. Theirs was a giant eagle with huge wings. Tere Moana and Mum painted the manuka stick frame of their kite white and sewed on strips of soft white slithery material and Teddy painted green and purple eyes on the front. It was a sort of fairy ghost.' Nanny and Danielle made their frame out of flax stalks, but they went out to the top paddock to make the tail. The big pūriri tree was covered in red berries, and guzzling the pūriri berries with two fat kereru, wood pigeons. "'See that pet?' said Nanny. "'Nothing the kereru likes better than pūriri berries. They get so full they just about fall out of the branches, greedy things.' She had some thin strips of flax ready, and she tied little bunches of berries all along the tail of Danny's kite. Will a kereru fly after my kite on the high hill? asked Danny. You fly this kite on Ho, kare, and you'll have kereru chasing after you wanting to be your pet. Heaps of them! But Nanny was wrong. On top of Ho. The wind picked up Teddy's fairy ghost kite and Jason's giant eagle kite and tossed them high in the sky. They had to work hard to keep control of them as they let out the string. Nanny and Uncle Manny shouted excitedly at each other in Māori, laughing and cheering. But Danny's kite with its tail of pūriri berries would only skip clumsily along the ground. Mum tried to help, but even she couldn't make it lift into the wind. ''Sorry, Danny,'' she said. ''I think the berries are too heavy. Shall I take them off for you?'' ''No, thanks,'' said Danny. She liked the look of the berries on the tail and she liked the feel of their heaviness. But now she would never be able to catch a kereru to be her pet. Up here on top of the hill called Maungahou there were no kereru, no birds at all, just the wild rough wind.'' Danny sat down on the grass next to mum. Nanny was lying down, blankets wrapped around her, snoozing. These giant trees, where are they again? Danny whispered to mum. They're in the Waipoa forest, said mum. You've never seen anything like them. One of them's called Tāne Mahuta. It's the hugest live kauri tree in the world. Are there any kereru in Waipoa forest? Danny asked. Probably. They'll be after various sorts of berries at this time of year, said Mum. When they went to the car, Jason and Teddy Moana stashed their kites in the boot because they had been wrecked by the wind. But Danny's kite was still perfect, and Uncle Maney said she could nurse it on her knee. Gee, she's spoilt, moaned Teddy. Yeah, because she's the youngest, that's why, said Jason. Not, said Uncle. It's because she's disappointed that her kite didn't work too well. My fault, Kari, said Nanny, leaning over to pat Danny's knee. Next time, eh, we'll make a better one. I like this one, said Danny. As they drove along the side of the Hokianga Harbour and curled up the road towards the Waipoa Forest, Danny leaned against Nanny and nursed her kite the tail of berries rested in a neat puddle in her lap. When they got to the forest, Jason told her off for bringing her kite with her. "'There's no wind in the bush, dummy,' he said. Danny pretended not to hear him. But Jason kept nagging her as they walked in a line over the little bridge and along the dirt path because the top end of the kite kept getting caught up in the plants at the edge of the path. When they came to a clump of big ferns, Jason said, Look, just leave your kite here, okay, Danny? It'll be safe. Hang it over this fern, please. So Danny placed her kite face downwards over the fern plant, with the tail spread out over a strong frond. It looked pretty, as though the fern had sprouted red berries. Then they ran to catch up with the others. The path was made of boards here and there. Then there were a whole lot of boards like a kind of deck. Mum, Uncle Maney, Nanny and Teremoana were waiting for them there. How much further? asked Jason. You're there, mate, said Uncle. Eh? said Jason. Where's this big tree? Nanny was pointing her walking stick in the air, jiggling it, pointing behind him, upwards. Jason and Danny turned and looked. First behind them, then up, and up, and up. "'Awesome!' said Jason. "'Danny's mouth was open, but no sound came out. "'Her head went back so far as she stared upwards "'that she nearly toppled over, making the others laugh. "'You couldn't get right up close to Tani Mahuta "'because there was a wooden fence around it, "'protecting its roots from visitors. "'Do you reckon if we all joined hands we could reach right around?' asked Uncle. "'They tried that, but outside the fence.' and it seemed they would probably need at least three more people. Mum was taking heaps of photos. It's incredible, all right, she said, and I read somewhere there used to be Cody trees more than twice as big as this, a hundred years ago before they started clearing away the bush to make farms. Oh, look, Danny, here comes a kereiru. There was a clattering and a swoosh, and a fat pigeon swooped past, almost crashing into uncle's cowboy hat. "'It's got some berries in its beak,' said Teramoana. "Poodity berries,' said Danny. "'I think they're mine.' Everyone laughed at her, except Jason. "'Don't laugh, you guys. Can you see any poodity trees around here?' "'No, there were no poodity trees to be seen.' and no red berries from any other sort of tree. Jason put his hand on his little sister's head. See this girl? he told the others. She's Miss Smarty Pants. And when we go back to the car, I'll show you why. Jason led the way with Danny close behind. Back over the dirt path, over the boards, more dirt path, nearly back to the little bridge. There was the clump of ferns there was the big fern they'd put the kite on. But where was the kite? It's gone, said Danny. What's gone? asked Mum. My kite. True, said Jason. She left it right here over this fern. My goodness, my goodness, said Nanny. They all looked at her. She had a funny look on her face. She pointed with her walking stick upwards. Look up there, in that old taraire tree. And there was Danny's kite, caught in the lowest branch of a very tall tree. "'That is so amazing,' said Teddy. "'Do you want me to see if I can climb up and get it?' asked Jason. Danny shook her head. "'No way, because my kereru, it'll be coming back here to get some more berries. I think it's cool to leave my kite here in the forest.' "'Good girl,' said Nanny. "'Look after our birds.' Nanny and Danielle, go as close as you can to the tree, said mum. I want to get a nice photo of you. Back at school, after the holidays, when it was time to do some writing, Danielle opened her storybook and glued the photo of herself and Nanny under their kite onto a fresh page. Then she wrote her story. My pet Keriru. Two pages. Ms. Morrissey said it was the best story about a pet she had ever read in her whole life.